Hi. <clears throat> Good start, I'd say. Hi. <clears throat> Hi and a throat clear. It's a solid start. Um, I'm just a fun-loving guy. No worries there. Just a fun-loving guy. We're just ready to let loose. Boom. I'm just a loose cannon. Who knows what I'm going to fire off next? Boom. And that's my that's what I bill myself as. That's my brand. Oh, that guy's a loose cannon. You heard it here first. Tell your friends. I'm a loose cannon. Oh, I listened to this podcast that he's a... I could best describe it as that he is a loose cannon. Probably the loosest. Whoa, he's, his cannon is loose. Sorry, this is getting dirty. Oh yeah, girl, I've got a loose cannon. You want to figure out? You want to figure out how inadvertently a cannonball is about to be fired off down there? Is that attractive? Pretty sexual, right? Pretty overt. Speaking of overt, that sounds like ovary. Is that enough? Will that get you on my side? Is it, um, you have sex with a girl, you have to get her on your side? Is that the point? If you agree with me, then we'll have sex. That's how it works, right? You have to get her to agree to your belief system. That's pretty sexy. Agreeability? Oh yeah, I'll do whatever you- I'll make myself in line with what you think. As long as we meet each other at the same place, then we're gonna- Then we're gonna be in bed together. I think that that's how it works. Easily. That's e you can beg so many women that way. Yeah, all you do is agree with her. I don't think that that's how it works, I'm just joking. I don't think that that's how that is. Um, I, you should probably get your, you should probably get your, you should probably get your brakes checked. Zing. Nice one, I think. You should probably get your brakes checked and, um, get your oil. Change your oil every 3,000 miles. That's what I'm here to tell you about. Um, make sure that you change your oil every 3,000 miles. That's this podcast. I'll have a I'll have guests on eventually because I'm cool. Because I'm because I'm cool like that. I don't care about what I'm doing right now. I don't care I don't care about how I started this out. I don't feel like keeping it going because it's not fun. Because it's not worth it. My dog is getting antsy and I wonder if he's gonna walk out here. Let's see if he walks his dumbass out here so I can tell him to leave. That's how I feel about my dog. It's not fun. It's not a funny story, really. It's not like, it's not something to brag about that I tell my dog to go somewhere or that it's like, I don't like him. It's just that that's the way that it is. I think that when I complain about my dog it's maybe a problem I have with people at the dog park that they're like, they like their dog so much that you, that every dog in there is so beloved all the time. People act like everything their dogs do is so funny in that dog park. But it's just, 
it's just the voodoo of that dog park is something that I have a problem with. Besides that, my dog, as the way that my dog acts is just something that makes me pissed all the time for some reason. Like, um, I see him and I want him gone. I just tell him to go in the other room now. Like, leave. I don't want to see you. Because, and so should I get rid of my dog? It doesn't make you a good person to keep him around, I don't think. I don't think it does. That's real talk. I don't think it makes you a good person to keep him around. But you, but the, I think society is going to tell you like, well, you stuck it out. And so that makes you, that makes you responsible. And that makes you a good person because you are responsible. Like as if responsibility is to be worshipped. It doesn't make you a good person. I've heard Joe Rogan say that he's he's pissed at people who are get married and act like they're doing the right thing. Like people who get married and they're like, they act like they're doing the right thing to get married and to have kids. And I agree with him because, like, I believe that because I heard Joe Rogan say it. Monkey see, monkey do. It's It comes down to that sometimes. Like some of the things that I think... I had to hear somebody else say it because I'm just like a monkey. And it's just like somebody else said it. But people, I think that people don't recognize that Joe Rogan is kind of like Satan because he'll put out ideas like that. But it's like he can influence people pretty easily. It's the same with Jordan Peterson. People don't, people see Joe Rogan or Peterson as like well-meaning conservative people but they're really kind of like satan like i'm able to believe that evolution is true because jordan peterson believes it but i trust jordan peterson's opinion because of who he is i wouldn't trust anybody's opinion is the thing that's why i get to listen to somebody it's because i believe in one opinion but um i don't i i filter out so many opinions like so many people i see but then there's a couple that I'm like, okay, I would listen to that person. And then if they believe it, then I'm like, then I start to believe it. And it's that, it's that much stupidity. Like you just see it or you hear it and you're like, oh yeah, me too. If, but what isn't stupid is choosing the person to listen to. So like Joe Rogan says things like that. He's like, you don't have to, it doesn't mean anything to be related to your ancestors. I've heard him say in one of his standups doesn't doesn't mean anything to listen to your elders that's bullshit listen to your elders is just bullshit that's perpetrated by elders and i agree and so then i i repeat it to you in in different and various forms because joe rogan said it isn't that stupid of me but it's just because i agree with what he's saying that unveils the mystery no, it's just, everything I say to you is just something that Joe Rogan said. I'm just kidding. And obviously it's like you wouldn't, obviously you'd know that I have my own opinions. I'm paranoid. I'm scared. I get scared about the dumbest shit. Yo, I get scared about the dumbest shit possible. People are gay. People are, people are... It's just, life is kind of about not involving yourself in your own soap opera to some extent. Like, 
not blaming your past or it's like you have this option to be like these people wronged me before and like i go into that i'm like they wronged me for this i deserve respect and i and then you it's just you make yourself you make your life about this story that these people wronged me and that's going to be that's going to kill you it's going to kill you if you can't accept your past i think if you make your past your story and you're like this it's always this problem if you live in your own soap operas then this is this is going to prevent you from freely living your life but it's more difficult to do that the older you get according to according to the philosophy of age it's just an aging thing to be like the older you get you're going to have this problem to attribute to give responsibility to age in any respect to be like it's because i'm getting older that's why i'm doing this or be or say to yourself i'm not in touch with what is cool just use the word cool or use the word hip and you're giving responsibility to ageism like you give responsibility to like that you got older when it's really um it never really it doesn't actually matter that you got older ever it's really the key is to ignore that part of it but it, yeah because if you ignore that then it's never a thing that you're a different age from somebody else if you're like well i i don't know what the kids are doing if you start saying that then you're fucked if you start worrying about how old you are then you're fucked you're like i'm i'm this age and i so i have less to gain or less that i'm able to do because i'm this much closer to death it's just a it's just like respect that you give to age and then you identify yourself too much too much to that but it's kind of like you can do that when you have lived this life and then you have all these stories that happened before and then you give respect to age just by playing into the stories you're like i was identified this way to this group of people back in the day and this is who this is who I am or or they wronged me or am I I'm different now or like being different now in the present as if you have to give credit to what's happened to you before like the way that people used to identify you this is going to hold you back from being like I'm different now saying that you're different now is is dumb because you're always different in every moment you just got to let yourself be uh you just got to let yourself be whatever it is you just got to let yourself uh, not uh, be restricted to what people used to see you as. But you want to, like, here's what you want to do. It's not, I don't know what you do. I'm just talking about myself, maybe. But also, I can separate myself from what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about these things, I'm not just talking about myself. But that's the way that, like, liberals want to make it. People that don't produce anything or don't contribute enough they want to tell everybody who's making content that they're just talking about themselves. I would say at least it's a little bit like that. Like I can separate myself from what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm actually not talking about myself most of the time. And that's because I'm not alone in a house all the time. I go out and I hang out with people. I, this is, this is behind, this is behind the veil. I go out and hang out, hang out with people. I have different experiences. And then this changes, my opinions on things or it's just like the state of things is different all the time it's not like 
it's not like I'm only, I'm so self-absorbed. And you would be self-absorbed. It's just that you would be self-absorbed if you didn't go out enough. You, it's just that the self is a, is something that you can get trapped in just as much as you can get trapped in anything else. You can get sucked into the self. Like, you can get, and I, I would know, like, seriously, I should be able to talk about that. You can get sucked into the self because it's like, you can make it, you can not be able to rise above that. And really what I'm talking about is getting sucked into yourself is thinking that when you're talking about things, you're actually just talking about yourself. That's what I'm talking about. You can fall into that lie where you think that what you're talking about always applies to you. But this is something that can be sold to you by the rest of the world. But it's easier for you to accept that that's true about your life if you um, if you really think that the things you're saying only ever apply to you rather than that rather than that you're able to separate yourself from your experiences, separate yourself from other people separate yourself from what you're saying like an analogy that you come up with is obviously not directly about you like an analogy things that i examples i bring up are not about me they're they're about things that are that exist outside of myself but being trapped by yourself would entail thinking that every analogy you came up with was just you because you're if you're relating everything back to yourself in that way by like saying that oh i'm coming up with that because i'm talking about myself it's like beyond narcissism, but this is what I'm, this is just an idea that I'm presenting to you, being trapped in the idea of self, and like, being trapped in the idea of self, it's kind of, it's something that they bring up in school, they introduce definitions, I mean, the school I went to, they introduce the idea of a self-concept, but they do that at lots of schools, but they do that just in, in the world. They introduce, like, you need to have a good self-concept or, like, it has to do with confidence. But there's just a lot of words that are related to self that are that are thrown at you that you have to, you have to avoid the enemy fire of that. You have to, um, you have to ignore these self-words that might apply to you because there's a lot of them. They come in various forms, and I think that, People bring them up to some extent to, I mean, well, I don't know why people bring them up, but you can just get trapped in these self words. There's like self-absorbed, self-concept, or just selfish. Selfish, like self-concept does damage to the world. The idea of this, like that you would need to consider your self-concept is already trapping yourself to the idea of self because you're like, um... Because if you're thinking about what your concept of yourself is, this is already, this is already, like you already know what's involved with something like that. That's already really self-absorbed. Um, like I'm saying, what is what would ever be the value in people trying to make you aware of your self-concept? Like what would ever be the, you can't ever perfect your self-concept. You can't. That's not going to be good for you to go down that road of thinking like that. You can improve on a self-concept. Be like, if I'm more confident, then I will like myself more. But I mean, you can, it's not always bad. You can be like, I'm going to honor who I am. Self-respect is a good thing to have. It's just that these words are different 
kinds of awareness that you wouldn't you wouldn't need to have that in some respects if you give too much power to them they're just going to they're just going to be barriers between you and other people because you're just focusing on yourself like the words themselves are barriers between you and other people but like focusing on that you're selfish is a problem i'd say like if you think that that's what you are then and you play into that at all then this is then the self is becoming a barrier between you and other people um and that's something that you don't want like so i have i would have a hard time seeing that there would be value in you thinking that you were selfish because if you are selfish then good on you that's really for other people to decide like you telling yourself that you're selfish that you're shellfish is not good you saying that you are selfish self it's just i could probably talk about the self because i did a i'm i do a solo podcast you should be able to talk about the self. You should not be afraid of it because that's what you're doing. Anybody who does a solo podcast, it's kind of a, you're like, but I mean, you kind of overcome the self to do it at all. To make this content, this is a battle that I fight. Like people are just going to see me and they're going to see a person who is self-absorbed, self-absorbed. But this is thinking that people see you the way is really selfish trying to uh figure the way that you look through other people's eyes very selfish you don't want to be like bill self his last name is self bill self the coach of the kansas jayhawks he's probably a cunt i don't know if you're about yourself you're a cunt like what i'm doing so far that's just that's just a bunch of cunt speak about it that's just a bunch of cunt. I'm being a cunt. I'm talking about here's what it's like to think about yourself. And then when it's, if you do self, then if you go beyond it, then if you overcome it, then you won't be selfish. But thinking about yourself is just it reinforces the self. Do you want to reinforce the self today? Do you want, how about this weekend you reinforce the self? Forget about what you were going to do. You need, you need to think about the self. The self, I'm, t I'm just talking about, I like that I, the idea you can, you can be trapped by a, a self, like you can, you can think that you're only selfish or you can, th you can think that like, you can make your identity narcissism where you're like, well, I'm just a narcissist. Basically it could be like, well, I am that. And I, me, me knowing that I'm an, I'm a narcissist makes me better than other people. Me recognizing that. People often, like, sometimes people just get defined to the point that they stopped at was they thought they were better than everybody else for recognizing that they were a narcissist. They're like, well, I'm intelligent enough to know that. But things are always new. And then, like, it's just not ever cool to to stake, your, stake yourself in one thing forever. But this is just something I'm kind of paranoid about. I think maybe it's like um, I bring up the point that you don't want to get def defined to something, but like this is this is probably unneeded worry. Like this is probably maybe a focus on. Th th it's not something you can control. Probably, 
if you're going to end up defined somewhere, there's nothing you can do about what defines you actually. So like, but I spend a lot of time worrying about don't get defined. Honestly, I do, which is, which is weird, I guess. I guess that's, that's kind of weird. Most people wouldn't encounter that problem. I'm, I'm smart though, so I'm cool. Most people wouldn't encounter that problem of like, I'm worried about being defined, but it's just what you're defined to will already be defined to you. And there's nothing that you can do about it. You just got to let go. That's obviously the point. You got to let go. You can't, you can't take care of, you can't fixate and take care of everything that involves who you are, who yourself is. I don't like the, I don't like the 49ers. I don't like the San Francisco 49ers. They can go fuck themselves. They can. Those 49ers do. They, as far as I'm concerned, they can, but this is, here's myself, myself. It's just self is, is a pronoun, really. It's a pronoun the same way that that is a pronoun. It's like in place of a noun. If you say this thing or that thing, that over there the idea that includes any that that exists any that that exists just like any object you can point to and say that that's a that any instance of a that this is the idea that that is a pronoun it's a placeholder it's in the place of a noun it's in place of like all nouns any noun that you can say is a that that is a pronoun the same way that he is in the place of anybody who is a he it's just this general generalizing function that people use that they put over things and is there anything wrong with that not really it's just it's just dictated by popularity at some point people are like we need a word to um not directly describe the person we're gonna we need a word for a he so that we don't have to keep saying the name but you can't do anything to prevent that because whatever group of people wanted that was totally successful at implementing that across all of society and so I don't know that anybody's able to stop cisgender from eventually being something, a word that everybody has to use, but it's just an intelligence and um, intelligence and like coming up with a generalized word for, we come up with more and more generalized words for where we used to have specifics like, like that, like cisgender. That's a, that's a generalized word for that you were my, I'm a cis male, then you were, a, I think that you're a male, but you didn't change it. So that's a generalized word for that kind of person. But um, I don't like the 49ers because I thought about that I would say that. I don't like them. <laughs> you know what? I don't like the 49ers. They are too, um, it's just a formula. I don't, it's just a formula and fuck them. I don't, I don't like them. I can't really tap into what I hate so much about them right now, but you know who else I hate is the, um, so I don't like the 49ers. I don't like the Raiders. I don't hate them. I don't like the Raiders because who could like John Gruden? John Gruden is entirely unlikable. I, I think that it's pretty, precious the marriage that he has with david carr like david carr is his bitch and he david carr just listens to everything that um john gruden says david carr is the quarterback of the oakland raiders 
and they formed a beautiful marriage. I'd say, like, in comparison to other marriages, that's one of the sturdiest marriages that I've seen. The marriage between David Carr and John Gruden. It's it's a profound marriage because, like, David Carr is a perfect wife. He's perfectly submissive. He listens to everything that John Gruden says. It's just he dies to self. He is he is the bride of Christ, David Carr, to John John Gruden. He just listens he's he is a very submissive wife to John Gruden, but their marriage is pumping out wins, so what am I going to do? Knock it? That would be wrong. That would that would be um that would be hypocritical of me. I'm not gonna knock a I'm not gonna knock the marriage between John Gruden and John Belushi or whatever. Um between Haley Williams and Pete Wentz. I'm not gonna knock that when those two get married, but that's actually actual man and wife potential eventuality. That's an eventuality that I'm exploring, the one where Haley Williams marries Pete Wentz. Um... I'm just in a worse mood all of a sudden. Now I bring it down a couple notches. Because of what? Because I have to commit to 40 more minutes and I'm like not in the mood. I haven't been in the mood for like 10 days in a row. I don't know what the fuck is going on with that. I, it might, like part of the problem is that I tie myself to currency. And when the market goes down, I feel like I'm a failure. To some extent. Or it's like if the market goes down, then I'm I'm also down. But this is something I do because I take a risk. Because I'm like, I'm going to make it about cryptocurrency. Let's see if that works out. Like, you don't need to listen to my uh, recommendations on what you should put your money in. Because I like to take risks. So, let, you, let me let you in on that. Like, if I'm like, you should put your money in this. Like, Ethereum is actually probably a good idea. The rest of them, I'm just throwing things out there. But, I mean, Solana is the fastest blockchain. Okay. Solana is the fastest. Solana's going to ravage your children, is how fast it is. It's going to bring in the new world order. Solana is not going to stop for anything. Solana takes no prisoners. Nothing. Same way that the Akron Zips do. It, with a name like the Akron Zips, you know that no bullshit is no bullshit is being left on the table. Everything's being cleared. Everything's out in the open. You want to talk real talk? You're talking the Akron. You're talking the Akron Zips. That's a real mascot for a real life. Um, believe in the Akron Zips. Believe in them. Believe in them. Am, am I on to something in this episode? I don't know. It's hard for me to tell. This one feels weird. Um. I feel weird. I just feel out of place. And like when I go and do comedy and then I come on this podcast and then I, I come, C-U-M, it's just that there is a problem now with the word come that like the two of them are kind of becoming more and more interchangeable just according to people's perceptions. I think it, as far as I can tell, I'm calibrating as I gather data on the way that people perceive come arriving and ejaculating um for lack of a better word ejaculating but it's really like 
that's actually the most accurate word. It's just that that word is so crass that I'm like, for lack of a better word. Um, what I'm calibrating and figuring out is that um, Jesus Jesus came down and he loved he loved all of us. Sorry, that was that was like pretty inadvertent, but I'm just kind of like spitballing because I because this is just me rambling on a podcast. So don't hold me to that. I'm not a sinner for saying that in conjunction with the things I said previous to that. Don't make me a sinner because I like, I don't want to be a sinner. It's just that, um, it's just that I am cause I'm a, cause I'm a bad kid. <laughs> like that, that's something that anybody would build up being a bad kid. It's unfortunate because like I'm a 28-year-old man. Nobody really cares about the plight of a 28-year-old man. Like the song Nobody Likes You When You're 23. They're getting at that as a 28-year-old white man, nobody has any ounce of sympathy for you. And I feel that. And I feel that that's true. It's just it's just that I feel that that's so real. So like I go and do, okay, so the word, what I'm telling you is that it would appear that people are just uh, having a harder and harder time ignoring when they just say come to mean that somebody arrived, that this is so related to come, C-U-M. Like, I think that the two are getting closer and closer together over time. They're approaching each other in, in people's minds. So it's like harder because of awareness of it. They're like, well, what are you going to do? You're not going to think about that? But that would only happen if the two were, like, actually the same thing, ultimately. And so, like, if they continue to converge, they could just become the same thing at one point in time. And then we stop using that word altogether. So we're like, ah, okay. Then we can't, if we, if there comes a time where we can't differentiate the significance of coming, C-O-M-E, to mean arriving, if there comes a time... When we can't differentiate that anymore, then we're going to stop using it because we'll be like, oh, we can't. It doesn't have value outside of CUM. But the vulgarity of the masses is such that, like, a vulgar, common person kind of attitude is one that relates everything to sex. Like, everything that sounds like sex becomes sex. Like people who turn everything into sex, they're vulgar. That's vulgarity. That's commonality. Common people are vulgar like that because it's the easiest thing to do. And it's stupid and animalistic to say that everything is sex. Like that's one end of the spectrum. And I don't know what the other end is like Christianity, <laughs> like saying that nothing is sex. The other end of the spectrum is you, your mind has all the power conservatives are i think they treat it more like a choice is it's all about you you have complete choice like conservatives treat kids like they're adults they act like kids can make all their decisions for themselves they act like everybody is responsible for their own thing is kind of a more christian attitude like they treat kids more like a kid is supposed to decide for themselves and it's just like, it's more of a mentality that you, you choose everything. You have control over everything you, and it's, it's just like, uh, like Christians are kind of all about money a little bit. They really like money, but like they would get pissed if, 
the experiences that I have with Christians anyway is that they would get pissed if you didn't take the best course of action to make the most money. Because, like, you're always fucking up if you're not making money correctly. At least these are my experiences in, in life. Christian people, it's like you're always a fuck up if you're not. Like, money comes first, and you're in control of that. Like, you're making the wrong decisions. Christians Christians are like, you're making the wrong decisions. You're guilty about you're guilty about these things like and you're a sinner and you brought that upon yourself you're doing wrong and you're you're liable for all of it and like you no fuck up happens as a result of your body or just something that you were innately doing because you have control over all of that the other side of the spectrum is just like anim animalistic unabashed sex because your body does whatever but it's really like you need to recognize that you need to recognize that people just it, it it's like an intelligence thing I mean, the greater that you give power to just your mind over your body you're saying like i can do i can separate myself from whatever and so choice isn't the answer like because you you make mistakes as a like they're not mistakes when it's just something that you were doing already but christians think that they're all mistakes because they think that you have control over it because they give so much power to the mind they give power to the mind so much to decide it um believe you me i'm worried about the convergence of the comes that maybe we can't say come anymore C-U-M-E. It's like, oh, you came. I mean, but does that go away? What makes that go away? Do people just ignore it at some point? Or does it be, or do the two become, if the two became interchangeable completely, then that, sh that proves to you that they are, at the end of the day, eventually, somehow, the same idea. Like, I'm just saying, open your mind, think about how coming, arriving, could actually just in reality from like a macroscopic point of view from like a god's point of view maybe that's actually just the same thing the same way that rocket ships look like penises and airplanes look like penises like and then they people get on an airplane and then the air then they all all the sperm that are i'm saying are the same thing as people in this instance leave from the airplane and they're deposited in a new city this is like airplanes are going across the world and depositing their sperm wherever but this like every rocket ship looks like a penis but if we go to mars and we colonize it this is like fertilizing an egg basically but it it is bizarre also that rocket ships that bring the sperm the people to the new planet look exactly like penises but uh, and they come they they come when you go to phoenix arizona the airplane comes to phoenix and then the people get off and they 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 spread their messages and whatever they 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 fertilize new ideas in phoenix when they get there when they come and i mean if the two are interchangeable at some point in the future then you'll know that what i'm saying is exactly right but until then until then, it's just all hearsay. Um, it's just that, um, like, I'm not, I'm not that clean. Like, I'm pretty vulgar. I would, I would just end up saying vulgar things. But I prevent, I filter out 
that because I don't want to look like a moron in front of people I know. Or like, I don't want to record myself and say things that people are, it would get back to me like, oh, you're being an idiot. Because a lot of people I know would be like, you're just being an idiot for doing it at all, I think. But in reality, it's probably more like, well, they're on my side. In reality, people are probably on my side more than I would think. But maybe I like to play up in my head that they're against me so that I can make better content. I don't know. It's just, it's just all, it's just all for fun. And, um, (laughs) this is, this is me, but who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck about me? Nobody does. Nobody gives a fuck about me. They would care more about what I was saying. And it's not so much that I don't, it's not so much that I don't like my dog. It's that I don't, I don't want to like my dog. I don't want to be in a place in life where I like his behavior because his behavior is repulsive. He pretends that everything is going on. And, but, you know, it's just, it's just, that's what I'm bringing up to you. But when I go to the comedy place I do comedy at, and it's really like, um, you don't want to hear me talk about, I don't know. I think if I was an audience member, I wouldn't care about me talking about the the validity of it. You would just want to hear me disrespect it. But this is what I was arguing in the past episode is like, am I allowed to make fun of this place that I went to? Like I should revere them. Like when all the audience wants to hear it, they want to hear me disrespect them, but not disrespect. They just want to hear me say what I'm mad about. But this is what is lost in society way too much of the time is that people act like people act like there's the place that they went only has they only have positives to relay back to everybody else about they act like the place that they went was only good for everybody involved because they don't want to look like they made a mistake because they don't want to look like they went somewhere and wasted their time everybody's afraid of looking like the sacrifice they made didn't pay off (laughs) and like to the point that any one place you go and also they're afraid of they're afraid of infringing on other people. But the thing I realized is a comedy, a place that makes its name by saying we house comedy here. Like I should be able to make fun of them as much as I want endlessly. Right. That's the whole point is that you're saying that you're a place that can take a joke. And it's same. It's the same with the people there. I should be able to make fun of them and make fun of the con make fun of the place. But, um, what I what I run into is that I feel afraid to do that because this place is more stringent than that it's just everything is funny and everything is comedy because it's a little bit more than that maybe and this is the only place I've been to to do comedy but um, it seems like they have some rules and they would get pretty pissed if I sounded a little bit racist but more so than that just like it's presented everybody does five minutes and it's very organized like that like you couldn't nobody's knocking the mc nobody's knocking the bartender nobody's knocking the venue but it's like this is probably the way that the comedy scene works now is that over time it became a little bit more ritualistic where you're like you go and do the thing and you're like now we're i'm a comedian and we're all comedians here so there's a certain amount of respect that has to be paid rather than that you can make fun of them but it's like comedian the point is that i'm supposed to be able to make fun of anybody there that's what that's the that's the point and it also begs the question obviously obviously it begs this question 
when I bring up to you that I did five minutes on stage and I'm like, I'm a comedian now. Like, are you really a comedian just for doing five minutes on stage? That's just a question that needs to be asked. It's not, it's not necessarily fault. It's probably true that you are, but like, um, you're a comedian just for doing five minutes, but especially like you're funny for doing for just talking on stage for five minutes that can't possibly be true but the point that i'm making is that it's okay if you're called a comedian after doing just five minutes but people kind of use this term uh nonchalantly they use this term without anything because if you're a comedian that should mean that you're able to say anything right because then you're a funny person you're like you could just end up saying whatever and so because you can say anything at the point that you receive that title it should be more difficult to receive the title comedian than just going up on stage for five minutes. Shouldn't you actually prove in some respect that you're funny? But this is like, at this place, they treat it that way, and other people do too. Tony Hinchcliffe treats it cavalierly like that, where he just says, Tony Hinchcliffe has people go up on stage for a minute in front of him, and then he's like, you're a comedian for doing that. But it's so it's like everybody's doing that everywhere, but it's kind of, I mean, maybe that contributes to the death of comedy. Maybe this contributes to, like, the ritualism that it's kind of like, that you wouldn't be able to make fun of it, that I wouldn't be able to make fun of that. Because probably what one of the funnier things about it would just be if I was able to go there and make fun of everybody there. That would be funny to me about it, but like challenging the authority just of the place, but obviously, but I didn't do any of that. So I'm just bragging about something I'm imagining, but like, so that's doesn't have any value, but, um, I'm just saying like, I guess I could make fun of it. It's just, you don't want to hear me talk about like, oh, I'm this, I'm a comedian now. Like because that doesn't matter i'm not i'm not a comedian fuck a comedian who who fucking cares about that because it's not about the title it's about being funny you know what actually makes you funny is if you make your friends laugh if you make your friends laugh then you're funny you're not funny because but like if you say that you're funny for going up on stage this is just a ritualistic thing where you're like i did the initiation and now i am funny but if the but I'm just I'm just gonna go to more places. I wonder if anybody I wonder if people care about that I'm sure about my burgeoning comedy career. I I honestly I think I like to brag. I do. I like to brag about something I did. Cause I'm selfish. But it's I would say that selfish is you're the least selfish the least that you acknowledge yourself, like the least that you acknowledge that you're selfish is probably the less self, least selfish that you're going to be. The more that you're like all about your own self-confidence, and that's another phrase for it, like I improved on my self-confidence, I think that that's always selfish. You would, you would probably want to be um, like saying that you're confident has to do with overcoming yourself really and a phrase like self-confidence defeats the purpose of confidence self-confidence it's just this unnecessary added layer of awareness you attach to confidence like phrases like this like self-absorbed self 
anything, self-respect, it defeats it defeats the power of respect to some degree if you have to if you have to view it from the perspective of yourself self-respect myself like your self-respect because respect doesn't if you're really going to be in the business of getting respect you're going to have to lose you're going to have to forget about yourself. I, I think that people deserve different levels of respect just based on the energy that they bring to the table rather than that it is a one-for-one, tit-for-tat thing where everybody deserves the same amount of respect for doing whatever. Like, the world needs to recognize that some people are worth more respect. But, it, like, I don't... um, I don't know. That's not, I mean, you want to, you want to, you want to figure your, you want to respect people, definitely. Like, I wouldn't advocate for that. I think that respect is important, really. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't want to knock respect or knock anybody trying to get it. But, um, I'd say the Christian church has a little trouble with respect, the idea. And they do because they have trouble with pride or they think that, doing something braggadociously means that you will be defeated right away. But this is just, this is kind of like speaking to a natural fear that humans have, that when something positive happens, then that means that the rug is about to be pulled out from under them. But like, you don't, you don't want to buy into that. You don't want to put a lot of stock in this lie that, um, when things are going good for you, they're going to go, they're going to go bad. It's like, it's the same thing as investing in the stock market. When things go up for a while, that doesn't always mean they're about to go down. It could actually go, you can't predict it. You don't have any control over when things are about to go bad. But it's like, things cycle and there is going to be a, there's going to be a bad that answers something good a lot of times because things cycle for you. Like, if you're positive for a while, it'll eventually cycle back. But you're not really in control of when the down cycle happens and there's not a lot that you can do about that the down cycle but like i think that that's what it is a little bit with pride goeth before the fall christians are really into that christians that i know pride goeth before the fall but like don't try too hard don't it kind of makes it so that you have the mentality like don't even try at all because you're just going to fail when if some if it does work or but like, um, and I'd say that that goes along with that they don't really, they don't really put a lot of power into respecting individual people, but it's just you're, everybody's the same in Christ. So that takes away that you would need to respect any individual person because everybody is the same. I'd say the Christians are more vengeful, like more tit for tat. Like if you did something, it's going to get back to you. But maybe that's everybody. Maybe that's everybody on the earth. It is everybody in there to some extent. I'm just trying to point to this group of people does it more. Because characteristically, you are defining yourself a certain way. Christians do have characteristics that you can define them by. Um, I think the low point in this episode when I was was when I was saying that Haley Williams and Pete Wentz would be married. That didn't have any... 
didn't have any merit. I don't know what I was getting at. I was just throwing out names. That was just pop culture references. And how much value do those have anymore? None. Nobody, <laughs> but like, um, I'm just making fun of references at all. References are dead. You, you it, like, it's not the 90s. You used to be able to reference things and then you're, you would be humorous just for making a pop culture reference. Like, back more so when nerds ruled the world, but nobody rules the world now, so nobody's reference is cool. Nobody has a better reference than anybody else. It's just that, it's just that it used to be the case that everybody was watching Cheers in the 80s, is what I'm talking about. It used to be the case that everybody knew who the popular band was. Like, so that you'd be like, you reference it, and then you're just like, you're in with knowing things at all. But at this point, references are so diversified that you're like, everybody's on a different algorithm all on their own. Nobody's watching. Like, it's just harder and harder for anybody to even watch the same Netflix shows. So don't bring up a reference anymore. But like, the reference, like, it's just more difficult to come up with a reference. But people actually know who Haley Williams and Pete Wentz are. I'm just saying that in my mind, I didn't add any value to this episode by bringing that example up. But because it was just referential. And, but like, um, it was, it was a reference. And so it shows you that I know these things. I know the lead singers of these bands. Pete Wentz is not a singer, but, um, it's harder to, it's harder to make light of the reference. Um, and God works, God works in mysterious ways. Well, I could just go 49 minutes. So I don't, but, um, people are, people are, people, people are, because it was, it's referential and the references don't, it's harder, harder and harder to pinpoint a reference. Um, the 49ers, why do I not like them? I don't like them because of the formula of, it seems like it's only about the coaching staff, but I don't really like them or their fans. And I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't, when they win, it just seems like a sham. I don't, I don't care. I'm glad that they lost in the Super Bowl that they played in when they had Jimmy Garoppolo, because the whole thing is just a, the whole thing is just a sham. It's like a formula that the coaching staff is running. I don't like when they win. Um, like they could win at any time. I'm I'm so tired of them. Who's the other team that I don't like that I wanted to say? I forget. I'm not a. F I don't like the Bears, but that's just because I'm a Packers fan. I don't like the Bears. I don't really like the Bengals, and I don't find that I want Joe Burrow to succeed. I don't want Joe Burrow to succeed because um, because the SEC, because he's from LSU and he's from the SEC, so I don't want Joe Burrow to succeed because um, there's something that the SEC does that's kind of bizarre that they seem to build up a storyline during the course of the season for a team that they want, and then they, based on the collective perception of 
fan bases across the SEC. They build up a story about a figure or a team that fits the narrative for that year. It's very, it's kind of Disney. It's kind of, um, it's Southern. It's kind of Christian. It's kind of like, um, they're like, they, they build up a certain hero. Like they, they pinpoint the hero and they're like, this is the hero. But they did that really hard with Joe Burrow. I want Joe Burrow to pay for the, um, the success he enjoyed in the SEC because they didn't, it, it makes it so that like he gets a pass or like nobody's able to sack him or uh, I don't really know what it is. I'm kind of talking about the ability of crowds to narrate games and they do this at some more profound level in the SEC where they're like, um, Joe Burrow's just going to succeed because Joe Burrow is doing things that were downright miraculous, but it's like, I, I, for some reason, think that the crowd is able to read miracles into a person if that's the person that they chose is the hero for the season that year. And, like, it seems like that's how it worked out for Joe Burrow the year that he won the championship, because he could do no wrong. He was just completely accurate all the time. And that he isn't 100% accurate all the time in the NFL just goes to show that because he was doing things that it wouldn't have mattered who was defending, even if it was NFL level. Like, he would he would fit in a pass wherever, 50-yard touchdown passes just whenever he wanted, in, at whatever stage, at whatever playoff game or, or big game. If it was a championship game, he's throwing 50-yard touchdown passes into very narrow windows, like, like as if he's the greatest prospect of all time. And I just don't believe that that's true. So I want Joe Burrow to prove to me that he's the chosen one because literally that is what, that is the character that he became when he, the year that he was very successful in the SEC. I want him to prove to me that he's the chosen one. And more so than that, I want him to fail at proving that to me because I want to be right or something like that because I'm selfish. Or because like what business do I have wanting this guy to not succeed? He's just some guy. He's like, he's doing so much more than I have ever done, like in accomplishing whatever in this domain of football. But, um, it's, uh, it's good for Joe Burrow. I, I don't, it's just like those Hicks and those Hicks in Southern Ohio are, uh, like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow sounds like the name of a quarterback that might succeed at Cincinnati. I mean, that's part of it. But um, that's it doesn't really have that much to do with Cincinnati. It's just I don't want Joe Burrow to succeed because... It, and it's the same thing as when Auburn goes and plays Penn State and SEC officials go up there and they're playing in Penn State. They're playing in Pennsylvania and Penn State is a Big Ten college and Auburn is an SEC college and they play Penn State on the road. SEC officials officiating the game. The SEC officials are trying to make it this SEC thing because the officials down there call a game differently than officials in the Big Ten, but it has to do with the way that they're influenced by the crowd and over a number of years. The officials make a lot of calls based on what the crowd is doing, and this is this, in my mind, is irrefutable. When the crowd gets angry, then they start calling things against, against the road team. And this is true. This is, this, this is part of the impact of the home crowd, obviously. And it come it's 
it results in over a number of years that the officials in the SEC are calling games completely differently based on the culture of the South than in the North. And then when the SEC officials come up and they are officiating a game that isn't a home team for the Big Tens, for a Big Ten team, um, they they try to call it like an SEC game, and that involves a more Disneyified way of doing things, more storytelling kind of thing, where um, Auburn is complaining about everything that the officials do that is slightly against them because they think that the game is supposed to be called for them because they're one of the more prominent teams in the SEC. They get more of the calls. Auburn is above the threshold in the SEC of teams that would get calls that are on the that are on the good side of things that like um, because they're Auburn like and that the fan bases respect fan bases in the SEC respect Auburn more than other fan bases and like this game is um, the officials were trying to be unbiased but they actually couldn't be and this came through in the way they officiated the game very one-sided for Auburn they actually were trying to help Auburn to a victory and they would have probably tried to be unbiased but they can't get that SEC stank off of them for probably for having a career of officiating in this domain of games that's highly influenced by southern culture and and so they end up calling the game trying to get Auburn to win because of storylines that play out that um like and just don't tell me that officials don't aren't affected by crowds or aren't affected by their the way that they identify themselves. Um, is part of what I'm saying, but it's uh, like the SEC does this. They they seem to be able to pick a team and they're like this is the winning team. But that's why. But Auburn is more of a is more of their darling team. Auburn is more of their team that they want to succeed when all else fails. Like, I mean, that's just one of the teams that's possible for the SEC to make storylines about, like, you see with Cam Newton, but, uh, but just when Auburn, I don't know, that one year that Auburn lost to Florida State in the national championship, they had all these they had all these miraculous wins down the stretch, and I think it's just, I think it's like a crowd narration thing that plays into it, because I'm a lunatic, because I think that that's a that's possibly a thing, because I'm a psycho, because I think that the crowd narrated them to that championship because they because the SEC has to pick one of the teams, and they see that's what I'm talking about is that the SEC seems to be able to pick one team every year that beats everybody else, even when it's like Auburn is all I mean Alabama is always the best, and they should be able to beat everybody else all the time, but yet there is somehow in a lot of seasons there is an individual team that is not Alabama that is just like, oh, they picked LSU this year when LSU is shit every single other year. The year that LSU did really well, it would seem like that. It seems like uh, it was chosen or something. But in the South, where they build up so much about Christianity and the chosen team of destiny, I think that they're able to narrate that into existence, for like an LSU. But um, like because Alabama should just win every year, but it's like Auburn won a championship one year, and then LSU will win it when Florida will win it when. That's the team. But, um... 
that's whatever. It's, uh, I don't know, maybe you need to go further. Maybe, maybe it's just like, what would you want to, you wouldn't want to be worried about that you are too self-absorbed, that you would be like, I'm defining, I'm defined to myself. Maybe you need to go further. Maybe yourself has all the answers. Like, maybe it is all in you. Maybe, uh, maybe you don't need anybody else. But it's like, uh, it's good to be around people. But um, that's just kind of a, that's a drugs mentality. Hallucinogens mentality is that you can actually find all the answers in yourself. Um, because experiment with your consciousness far enough, allow yourself to go into any av allow yourself to be filtered through any avenue or any domain or any drug and you will find all the answers but like i mean i believe it to some extent that that is true but just i think it's just important to say whatever it is that you have to say and not be worried about that you needed to do research beforehand because research is just a regulator it's just red tape like people need to let themselves speak themselves. The self isn't bad. I'm just talking about the idea of don't, don't make it so that you think that you're talking about yourself when you're bringing up, like, give yourself the credit. You should give yourself the credit. And that's a, that's a thematic ending. And that's what I provide sometimes from me myself and now I now I'm stuck in a spin cycle of repeating it and then my phone just went off I wonder if it saved that video I must have ran out of space so that means it's time for me to go away talk to you all later on and subscribe to my youtube subscribe on apple Podcasts. my podcast is on stitcher if you listen on apple listen to it on stitcher too Listen listen to it on three platforms at once for no reason. Subscribe to all of them and um, lose yourself in the process. Just kidding. Uh, talk to you talk to you all later on. Uh, goodbye.